This is a journey. All right, so how do we want to start this one? I don't know. <laughs> Intro music should be fading out right now, correct? Yes, that is true. <laughs> we should give Calvin preemptive props for the intro music, yes. which we haven't heard yet. Yes. Welcome to Journey Into yes, Sound indeed. with your intro supplied by, is he going by an art? I don't think Calvin has like a, a fake name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're going to call him Calvin until he tells us not to. All right, I'm Jermaine Hi, Charles. My name is Mike Joseph. <laughs> this is Journey into yeah. Sound. <laughs> and I, when you brought this topic up to me originally, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I don't know that it's ever really been explored on a podcast before. I've certainly never... It has to happen. I don't know. You'd be surprised at the whole Somebody holes. somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the great world <laughs> of podcasts that exists... Someone must have taken us because there's so many angles to, and, and I'm intentionally dancing around like our topic, our That's subject it. today. But like, there's so many angles to approach it from. There's the acting, the singing, the feminism, mm -hmm. the the place in queer mm -hmm. artistry. And for those who haven't guessed it yet, we're celebrating someone whose birthday is this month, or will be this month when this yes. airs. Dana Owens, more commonly known as Queen Latifah. Yes pretty much exclusively publicly known as Queen Latifah. It's interesting that she has never reverted back to her her God-given name. Well, well, she did the Dana Owens album. Right. But she is still but Queen Latifah. Was, right. right. Queen Latifah doing right. the, the Dana right. Owens album. Right. right. But yeah, so Queen Latifah has been in the public eye for three decades and change now. Actually, 2023 mm -hmm. is the 30th anniversary of Living Single. That literally just popped into my head. 93. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Was it premiered fall of 93? I guess, I don't know how this episode is going to go, but full disclosure, I, in my day job, I am working on some projects with Flavor Unit. I don't know them personally. My company is working on it and I have okay. it from that. I was about to say, you're going to give us some tea. Is there going to be a living single reunion? <laughs> like what's going on? No, no. And our offices are in Newark. Okay. So there's that connection there. There is a more than zero chance that I will probably be crossing paths with Queen Latifah. That's at some amazing. Point. Yeah. My only connection to Queen Latifah, even after 30 years in the music industry, is that sometimes the Equalizer films in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, where do we start? I think always the best place to start is sort of how we became aware of Queen Latifah. Ladies first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Ladies first. Yep. Which was not her first single. <laughs> she was only 19 when she put her first mm -hmm. album out. And I I was like not even a preteen at that point. So all I know is this is an older person. Everybody's right. When you're in elementary school, everybody's a grown up. Right. Yeah. But now it's like, wow, she was 19 yeah. years old. And clearly I didn't understand the the impact and and the feminist statement that that was at the time, which honestly is a good thing because now I'm indoctrinated to it because I don't know, this doesn't stand out to me as anything groundbreaking. This is just a music video and the Afrocentricism. And it's just like, oh, this is what hip hop right. is, right? Over time, you can't ignore the level of misogyny and <laughs> the standard narrative around hip hop broadly, but... Latifah was just another MC for wow. me and a dope right. one, right? And the video with Miss Melody and Moni Love and Salt and Pepper around at that time, I think that helped set the tone and shape where I am today. Dope. I'm not going to say that I'm like the bastion of, of like, I have my tendencies sure. as well, but we all do. I think it does help shape my perspective over what is and is not inclusive right, right? I'm, i feel like i'm saying no, that wrong I, I, I think you're on point for me i think the feminism piece is more important than the afrocentrism piece because by the mm. time latifah came out 
hip hop was already full on in this Afrocentric period and De La Soul was out and Public Enemy was out and X-Clan might have been out at that point. And hip hop was very, 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 very pro-black. And I think that the golden age Afrocentric period was in full flower at that point. But at the time that Latifah came out, the only dope solo female MC that was popping at that time was MC Light. Right, yeah. There was Real Roxanne and Roxanne Shantae, but they were kind of like novelty-ish. Salt and Pepper was obviously a group. So in right. terms of solo female MCs, I, I feel like Light and Latifah paved the way for that second wave that included Miss Melody and Moni Love. Right. And I don't know why all of a sudden my brain just froze, but like <laughs> MC Trouble and Body and Soul with D Barnes and JJ, JJ Fat. Fat. Like, well, JJ Fat, I feel like, was always a Salt and Pepper knockoff. I yeah. Mean. They were the West Coast Salt and Pepper. <laughs> West Coast. Oh. Although I, I was actually just listening to an interview with Arabian Prince. They have an interesting story around, like, JJ Fat was essentially Arabian Prince's. Oh, group, really? And then that's how they ended up on Ruthless with right. NWA. And, yeah, oh. Yeah. It's a whole other. I'm assuming that's on YouTube. I have to go check that out. Yeah, I'll yeah. see But yeah, Atifa in Light really kind of kicked off that whole second wave of female MCs. And I, 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 again, think they deserve a tremendous amount of credit for, for kicking that off. Yeah. And they weren't pitted against one another necessarily, but Light and Latifah right. were very different in their approach. Light was super tomboyish and had that rough voice. Yeah. And Latifah was, I, I think, more mellow and maybe a little bit more commercial. But then there was also the fact that she sang and rapped. Well, that first album was really eclectic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's straight up house mm-hmm. music. And the, the flirtation between hip hop and house around that time was always a thin yeah, line. Yeah, I mean, folks forget but, that hip hop and house kind of grew up together a little bit. Right. But, I mean, give me body yeah. as a phrase. Yes. You'll hear that all over some house yeah. music. You're not hearing it Not in as hip-hop. much. Right, right. <laughs> and it wasn't until recently that I put this together. Because that could be interpreted in hindsight as as a nod to the queer element mm-hmm. of house music too, mm-hmm. right? And the ballroom mm-hmm. scene. Because as a female MC, Latifah could kind of get away with that. Because if a male MC made a track <laughs> right. like that, people would be like, right. at the time, people would be like, "That's a little suspect." And that's a really interesting point that you bring up. And I wonder if there was any intention. In, involved in that mm. at all well so i i guess we're just going to dive yeah. right into her sexuality i wonder because they're the 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 rumor mill and what people speculate is one thing but sexuality is fluid to a degree and i we know for a fact that she's dated men so she was not exclusive exclusively lesbian i don't know how she identifies today but that's that's what i'm getting at is i don't know how far back that goes or when she started to explore different aspects well i guess my question is i mean do we know for sure that she has ever dated men the queen latifah gay rumors have been around literally since at least the early 90s i say this from the standpoint of it was publicized when her boyfriend got shot and that was not a relationship that she was flaunting, right? So she was date. I, I think that was a legitimate okay. relationship right. because it wasn't a public relationship until after he right. was shot, right? Right. So I don't think that was something that was created as like a. Is it a called beard, a beard in yeah. reverse? Yes. Okay, <laughs> a reverse beard. Yeah. So at least at that point, she had dated a right. man. Right. <laughs> We yeah, don't I know mean, we don't how know how much further yeah, that exactly. goes, right? Exactly. But yeah, whether she was aware of it or not, the theme was right. there. Right. Yeah, her music was always incredibly diverse. Like her first album, there is hip hop, there is house music, mm-hmm. there's reggae. Yeah. Her versatility is something, and it's not really something that was super championed back then either, because R and B and hip hop were not sitting in the same house at that time (laughs) but even though she kind of flipped back and forth between rapping and singing on a regular basis she Mm -hmm. always got props from hip-hop heads yeah well and also 
proto Drake came oh, to mind. Oh God, no, <laughs> no. Much ado was made around female MCs and like, oh, I'm a woman who's rapping versus I'm a rapper who to happens to be a woman, right. right? And I think Latifa and Light were just like, these are my homies that I hang out with, and I'm doing what right. they do, like. I didn't even think about my gender until somebody tried to make an issue out of it. And now Latifah was never like a gangster rapper, but also she's got some lines <laughs> and some songs where it's like, yo, Dana roll yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. I think she kind of grew into that. And I, obviously there were changes in the culture from album to album. Right. And I think like Black Rain in particular, she's popping shit on that album. <laughs> right. And there's a couple right. of records that she made where she's like seriously talking shit. Yeah. Going yeah. in. Going yeah. in. And she grew up yeah. in Newark, <laughs> right? Light was, her brother was audio yeah. too. I like, mean, Light's from around here. Yeah, really? Light's from, from okay. the 90s in Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, they grew up in the culture. They were not trying to join the culture. This is before there was huge money in hip-hop, right? right? Hip-hop wasn't mainstream. Right. So it's not like you're coming over here trying to get the bag. Like, no, I'm part of the culture. This is what it I do. This is how get. we roll. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the first album and then was the second uh, Nature one? Nature of a Sister. Uh, yes. Nature of a Sister and Black yeah. Rain. That's kind of her core hip hop. It's the Queen you know. Latifah, the rapper. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, starter pack that you need there. But it's interesting to note <laughs> that she was already kind of making multimedia moves because she was in Jungle Fever. She right. was on Fresh Prince. Juice. She was in Juice. Right. She was already like kind of trying to work the acting angle almost simultaneously right. with her coming out as an MC. So she had yeah. that multi multimedia brain real early in the game. Well, and flavor unit was more of a artistic collective than a record right. label but she's officially a member of native yep. tongues too right. so these are groups that had aspirations beyond just the music you know these are artistic collectives right. so that was there from the beginning and i mean living single like i don't know the backstory around how that came Indeed. to be but it's really what solidified her as a serious actor. Juice and, and Fresh Prince were kind of like guest cameos, right. right? It's like, oh, a recognizable face can play this walk-on role, right? But Living Single was like, what do, three seasons? Five seasons, I Four think. seasons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In your living room yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah. Going toe-to-toe with Erica Alexander. And, Kim Fields you know, and, and Kim Coles. Yeah. And what the hell? Oh God, the guy that played John, Kyle. John something. No, John Henson played Overton. I can't remember the, the name of the gentleman that played yeah. Kyle. I I my brain is frozen today. But I just I'm looking it right, up right now. <laughs> like I want to say it was like T C something. Terrence C. Yeah, Carson. Yeah, yeah T C Carson. Yeah. Uh, so legit actors. Yeah. And uh, nominally Khadijah was the lead role. Like if you want to really break it down, yeah. it was her sitcom. It's a great ensemble. Right. But yeah, I mean, similar to the first couple seasons of Community where like Chevy Chase is back on TV right. again. Right. <laughs> and then it, ultimately it was the ensemble right. that kept the show right. going. And it's funny how there was this huge divide back in that time. I guess it's not funny because it's pretty standard that the cultural icons that Black America was checking for during that time don't get the same amount of respect and love that that the white cultural icons get because if you look at right. tv in the mid 90s people are always like friends and seinfeld right if it wasn't for living single there wouldn't have been a friends right and right. you look at shows like living single and martin and right. in living color and rock and and well the whole wb right. network right right <laughs> right CW. Right, right. Like that was all black entertainment and living single is canon when it comes to black sitcoms. Yeah. Like with the Jeffersons. Yeah. I have rewatched that show right. in its entirety on Hulu like three times. 
and it's still funny. <laughs> nice. So the culturally important factor should not be underestimated when it comes to that show. Yeah. So everybody cites Cosby for for showing the black doctor and family, but they were all like, yeah, they're professional. all professionals. Khadijah Rand, she was the editor in chief of a magazine. magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Max was a lawyer, yep. and I don't think Regine had a job. <laughs> she was an actress <laughs> at the end of the show. She was right. like a soap opera right. actress. Well, they were all doing yeah. big things. Yeah. I mean, they were all kind of like young, whatever the 90s version of a yuppie is. Right. Living in a brownstone in Brooklyn 15 years before that shit was cool. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it was culturally significant in so many different ways. And one thing I had mentioned to you as we were kind of mentally putting this episode together is just the multimedia breakthrough Latifah and Will Smith and LL all put together at the yeah. same time where they really brought hip hop culture to middle America through TV screens and yeah. really set the stage for rappers to have parallel acting careers. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And it didn't seem like a sellout or corny. I mean, not that Will Smith was ever cool. Right. I think he got his props much more as an actor than as a rapper, but there was never a sense that Latifah or LL was selling out because they got a sitcom. People still listened to their music and still had respect for those well, entertainers. And that's the thing, like it, back in the day when I was younger, I would check out a movie or a show because a rapper I liked was going to be right. on it. And now today there are rappers that I listen to or check out because I saw sure. them in a show <laughs> first. So like Aesop a Rocky was in Dope. Dope. He was in Dope. He's been in a couple other things since then. But I was like, oh, all right, let me see what his music is all about. I ended up listening to Joey Badass because he was on Mr. Right. Robot. And I was like, all right, as far as what I consider new rappers right. go, <laughs> those are two people that I really we're, like we're, now that I discovered. We're in our 40s, y'all. So yeah, it's like the script has been yeah. flipped, if yeah, you will. Yeah, and I think, again, those three people specifically, and maybe you throw Ice-T in there as well, really changed right. the narrative for hip-hop and the ability of rappers to do things other than rap. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's interesting because a lot of people get into rap, not as an end, right. but as a means to the other things they right. want to do. Right. Which sometimes works out better right. than others. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you, you started out as a rapper and then you became other things. Now it's like you right. are other things, and then you're like, oh, I should make a record. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Austin Green. <laughs> oh, man. It's a deep cut. And it's worth mentioning that when the year Living Single premiered was the same year that Black Rain came out, which personally is my favorite Latifah record. Yeah. I'm a boom bap right. head. <laughs> and that's the one that, that falls in that yeah. lane. And some... Some groundbreaking singles you with and you and ITY and, and Another Day That's in the Hood. My or just Another that Day. That is my fucking song. Yeah. So it that uses a Herb Alpert sample. It was funny. I knew the Herb Alpert song from when it was popular because uh -huh. Janet Jackson sings on that song, actually, and did not recognize it as a sample for years. And then I was just right. sitting at home and I was like, I know this. And just, just kind of like put two and two together. I was like, Jesus, how did I not know that? Yeah. But the way the sample is filtered, it the is. production is really, really top yeah. notch. I'm not on sure who produced that song. And the, was it 45? Nah, I think she, is, she still I think she had left point? 45 came okay. by that point. Okay. But the same sample is used by Bone in days of, um, These are the days of our lives. Days of which our is lives, a set off. Which was yeah. on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Connecting the dots. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. But yeah, man. I and then on that same album, the last song on the album is straight up jazz. Well, I mean, she right. raps part of it, but right. it's a dedication to her brother who had recently passed away. And she's singing jazz. And uh, I remember yeah. she hosted the American Music Awards the next year and uh, performed that song and really brought the house down. Because, again, that versatility was unheard of at that point. Yeah. And why do you think she made the switch? I mean, she never really made the switch, made the switch. I think she expanded as opposed to saying, I'm going to not do this thing to do this other thing. 
I think she's just like, I'm going to do all of these things. And it was probably largely about paper. It's like, look, <laughs> we all know that records doesn't make you a lot of money. Unless you're right. selling millions and millions of records or you have a favorable contract. Just knowing hip hop right. contracts from the 80s and 90s, I doubt Latifah had a great <laughs> record deal. And I'm also assuming that Motown had to buy her out of her Tommy Boy deal, which probably put her further in debt. Right. Well, and 80s contracts are one thing. Tommy Boy specific yeah. contracts, as we now know. <laughs> Thank you, De La Soul, for educating us. Yeah. We're particularly agreeable. Um, Dante Ross is the one who who put, I, I won't say put her on, because that was like 45 King and Gemini, right. but like Dante Ross is the one that was like, let's give her a deal. That's dope. I mean, Dante, Dante, yeah, this is the second time Dante has come up in conversation like the last 24 hours. Because I was talking <laughs> to somebody about, I was talking to somebody about, I don't remember what, the Open Mike Eagle podcast or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Dante had his foot in everything back in those days. Yeah. But um again, she had already expanded in so many different directions. I mean, Flavor Unit was a thing. She had a management company, so she was managing people. Right. She discovered, not discovered, but put on Naughty by Nature. Naughty right. by Nature. And yeah. also signed to Tommy Boy, so didn't learn the lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they probably had some sort of first look. That's yeah, most likely the case. But even before TV, she had already expanded into like management and discovering artists. And then came TV, then came modeling in like movie. Right. I forgot about the, was it Maybelline yeah. she had the deal? Yep. Yeah. So you brought it up. Let's go to set it off. I didn't bring Oh, you and, brought up set it off because you brought up bone. Well, <laughs> yes. And as you said, the rumors were already flying around. And then she just leans into this playing the character yep. and set it off, which talk about the canon. Yeah. Man. <laughs> set it off is high prestige black cinema, man. I, I love yeah. that movie. I mean, there's a whole other topic around who Jada was at that point right. in time, pre-Mrs. Smith. Right. And, well, the argument can be made that she was a bigger impact on Will's career than he was on hers. I think it kind of goes both ways. But same with Living Single. It's worth mentioning that Queen Latifah was, at the time, the biggest star in Set It Off. Right. Because I guess J Jada was coming off Jason's lyric right. and a couple of movies. But Queen Latifah was the most recognizable name out of the four actresses. Right. Definitely made Vivica A. Fox, who, again, had been in yeah. a couple things, but was not. They weren't like you know, huge, yeah, huge now. actresses yet. What a movie, man. I still, probably to this day, my favorite Queen Latifah movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Might even be my favorite non-Matrix Jada Pinkett movie. And a gutsy and, and yeah, it. Yeah. Right. That's what yeah. I was getting at. Yeah. I kind of compare it to Will Smith's character in Six Degrees of Separation, but nobody mm -hmm. really saw Six Degrees of Separation. And there <laughs> right. were no love scenes in Six Degrees of Separation. Right. The Queen Latifah, at the height of her music career, at a time when doing what she did with the role of Cleo could have been career suicide. Right. It was kind of brave, not kind of brave, super brave in owning that role and doing such a good job at it. Yeah. Right. But, and still did not come out. And again, we don't know if she herself, right. I, how she herself identified right. at that point in right. time. It's such a nuanced conversation. Yeah. And beyond Latifa herself, I think we need to give people the leeway to explore themselves, their own identity without needing to put them in a right. box. And it's like, oh, you're this or that. And if they then later lean into an identity saying, oh, you lied to us. Right. Sexual right? Or you were hiding it. Sexual identity is such a broad, nuanced thing. And look, even there are times when I'm guilty of being like, there's been a lot of discussion lately about the we've been new. I remember when Tevin came out earlier this year, or last year at this point, people were like, oh, well, we've been new. And in my brain, I was like, Yes, Tevin definitely gave us some signs. And there was also right. a very legitimate arrest that happened many years ago where he, he solicited an undercover cop. But you have to let people figure themselves out in their own right. time. And I don't think we give people grace for that because we're so quick to be like, oh, let's put this person in this box or that box. Right. And ultimately, it's up to us to decide what boxes we fit in. Right. So... But yeah, aside from the ending of the movie, and is it really bad that I feel weird about giving spoilers to set it off 25 years after the movie came out? <laughs> I 
think we're safe. Aside from it, well, well, spoiler alert, pause the podcast. <laughs> right? if you have not seen Set right. It Off. <laughs> uh, so aside from the fact that damn near everybody in the movie dies, right. the most memorable scene in that movie is the love scene with Cleo and the girl to that Invoke song. Yeah, yeah. If they gave out black Oscars, <laughs> Latifah would have gotten an Oscar for that role. Yeah. And was she in New Jersey Drive too? There might have been a cameo. I don't think she was a okay. part of the cast. No, no, no. Yeah, she definitely yeah. wasn't a main character. Yeah. Aside from the cameos, I, I don't remember a whole lot. Right, about me that neither. Movie. <laughs> I think the soundtrack was yeah, the movie, than itself. movie itself. I mean, it's worth mentioning that Latifah hasn't always chosen the best roles for herself. I keep thinking about that movie she did with Steve Martin. I think it was called Bringing Down the House. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Chris Rock in that he might have been. or something? Yeah. I, I don't think I ever bothered to actually I watch watched that one. the movie on DVD <laughs> and it's funny. And the movie was actually hugely successful. Mm-hmm. It just leans maybe a little bit harder into some stereotypes than I'm comfortable with in 2023. Right. Well, a part of me is also like, oh, get that bag. Yeah, and what she had one with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, right? Taxi Cab. Like, I, I definitely did cab. not see that movie. I don't want to see Jimmy Fallon in a movie either. ever. <laughs> <laughs> but then on the flip side, she's done some surprisingly high cal—I won't even say surprisingly—some high caliber stuff too, like Bessie, mm-hmm. and Chicago, um, Chicago, yeah. right? I mean, Chicago is what made me start thinking of her as a singer versus a rapper. Because rapper Queen Latifah was so ingrained in my head. You know, Chicago was the one's like, oh, okay, you're really doing right. that. <laughs> right. And Bessie was bold too, again, playing a queer icon. Right. This is one of those historically looking back. Bessie Smith was never officially out of the closet, but also look at the context. Yeah. And that's explored in the movie right. a little bit. I'm also a sign of the times. When I talk to young people sometimes, I'm like, look, when I graduated high school in 1993, there was not one out musician, period. There wasn't. Yeah. I, Elton John might have just came out. And mm-hmm. and that yeah. was it. I would say prior to Frank Ocean, being... Oh, the gay rapper thing yeah, was like... that was such a for huge decades. thing. Yeah. yeah. Prior to Frank Ocean being out, particularly being out and black in yeah. pop culture was not a thing. And from Richard Pryor to Luther Vandross to Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. in retrospect, there are plenty, just the same as with the world, there are plenty of people who exist somewhere between the sexual binaries, but that wasn't a topic right. for discussion back then. So this, this is a little off in the mm-hmm. weeds, but I've thought about this previously. There are plenty of straight women who have been awarded the queer icon Mm -hmm. status. Can you think of any straight men who are considered queer icons? And (laughs) I I was going to say Prince, but then Prince said some homophobic stuff in his later career, which is like interesting. I think we are compartmentalizing when it comes to that. I think... Prince up until he found Jehovah is a queer icon. And even after that, the way he dressed and the way he acted was still very coded in a not straight way. So Prince had some challenges and some confusion and not to say I forgive him for the shit that he said, because I I remember being particularly hurt by the comments that he made and not even the comments that he made, but this is also going even deeper into the weeds, but there was never a revolution reunion because Prince wanted Wendy and Lisa to renounce their sexuality. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So Prince had some issues. So I I don't know him that well, but I've been told Bad Bunny. I mean, I don't think people know what Bad Bunny's sexuality actually is. Fair. Which is why I don't include Bowie and, and Iggy Pop yeah. on this list. Because they're, you know, again, never confirmed, but they're somewhere between. in between. Right. Yeah, Kurt Cobain, I guess, is a queer icon, but also Kurt Cobain might have been a little bit queer. Yeah, I think there's an article where he says something to that right. effect, but it, it just was never... Yeah, nobody, nobody made, made a big, big deal, deal out of it. But also, he was also so very cynical. It's like, similar to what Tyler, the creator, right. is like, where is he and what is he being real about and what is he right. trolling? Right. 
Oh, but that's a really good point that there really haven't been any heterosexual male queer icons. Which Steve McQueen, really? Maybe, but more of a style right. icon than right. Yeah, I mean, from maybe like a fashion or a style perspective, you can look at some folks. Or, De- or Dennis Rodman, straight guy who was a queer icon. Okay, yeah, fair go. enough. There yeah. you go. So, I don't know. I forget what the original point was. <laughs> I said we were right. going off in the weeds. Right. I mean, that's what we do here. <laughs> Journey into yeah, sound. Indeed. <laughs> but going back to Latifah, it's even her versatility within singing. Like, you think about right. the fact that jazz, she would do a standards jazz, record. The house in right. the R&B, right. There's a record called It's All Right, which is on the soundtrack of some movie that I... It was one of those like late 90s. I think it might have been Nothing to Lose with Martin Lawrence. It's one of those very forgettable oh, wow. 90s movies. <laughs> and it's a straight up bad boy R&B record. Her voice and Faith's voice are mixed about even, even though Faith isn't credited on the record. But it is like that song is a bop. And it's just like 90s contemporary R&B. Like, I want to thank you by Alicia Myers, big sample, mm-hmm. you know. And people were like, that's Queen Latifah? So just again, like the versatility even within disciplines, within acting, she can do drama, she can do action, she can do comedy. She's just all yeah. over the place. People forget that she had two talk shows. Right, yeah. right. So, another journey into okay. the weeds. I don't know that I've seen it. Is there any discourse? There. How much discourse do you think there is to be had around the Queen Latifah Rosie O'Donnell, Ellen Trifecta. <laughs> Wanda Sykes have a show, a talk show as well. Right. It's, but so specifically daytime right. talk shows that play well in bigoted middle right. America. We love our queer women talk show hosts. <laughs> right. That's. I feel like that's a whole like, not even an episode. That's a whole right. podcast. Yeah, that's, I never thought of that. That's a very interesting thing to bring up. People are comfortable bringing these people into their homes in on a daily context. basis. And you could even, right. you could throw Robin Roberts in there. I don't Robert, know Robin Roberts is an ABC a news host or today. No, it might be okay. NBC today show, but she's been a regular on one of those morning newscasts for decades. And she yeah. is an openly queer black woman. So yeah, that's a really interesting topic, but yeah, I don't know that there are many entertainers who have touched so many different elements of the entertainment right. industry. It's like, what has she not done? And that's before we even get into community stuff. Right. And I don't know specifically that she owns any side businesses, but you have a certain amount of money and you grow up in certain communities. You're investing in yeah. your people. Like my cousin wants hundred K to open up their boutique jewelry store. There's gotta be some of that in her portfolio yeah. too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Latif owns or co-owns plenty of stuff around Newark. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've just, Looking at Nas, mm-hmm. right? Like, sure, he's still putting out albums, but hip hop is not his main income right now. Right. I mean, hip hop really shouldn't <laughs> be anybody's main income right now. Yeah, yeah. But you got to expand and own stuff. And Queen Latifah really put Newark on the map. Yeah, I didn't know anybody from Newark before Latifah came out. Whitney claimed Newark on the back end. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but Latifah really was the first MC from Jersey that I remember being aware of, male, female, or otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because there's others now that I can think of, but they were after her. Yeah, I think it was Latifah and something like Artifacts. Yeah. And, well, Latifah uh, and Naughty were kind of the first. Technically, Ice T is from yeah, Newark. but Ice T never claimed New Jersey. <laughs> Right. He was always a West Coast rapper, but Latifah was always big enough Jersey. Yeah. So she was really like the first first Jersey rapper to make it big. Yeah. Definitely arguably Red Man is the most the popular most Jersey big. rapper. <laughs> well, I won't even say most popular, but when you think yeah. Newark. Yeah. Red Man probably comes yeah. up first at this point. So that's kind of crazy when you think about that. Yeah, just again, she's been an executive. She's rapped. She's sung. She's mm-hmm. been a talk show host. She's had a sitcom. She's now on TV in a sort of an action drama type thing. She's been in yeah. comedic movies. She's been in dramatic roles. She's been in musicals. Has she been on Broadway? 
I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I feel Hairspray is coming to mind, but she was in the movie Hairspray. I don't think she was in right. in the Broadway show. Like Latifah should have an EGOT. Yeah, I mean she's close. Is she? I feel like she only has a G. <laughs> she's been Oscar nominated. Well, she doesn't have an Oscar. Let me see. I had this pulled up at okay. one point and lost it. Where did it go? Come on, Wikipedia. <laughs> Accolades. First female recording artist again. Been nominated Oscar. for an Academy right. Award, Grammy, and she has earned a Grammy and an Emmy, a Golden Globe, and Screen Actors Guild okay. Award, Image Award, nominated for Oscar. Okay, so let's get Latifah on Broadway. <laughs> she's got an egg yeah there you go exactly she's got an egg <laughs> but yeah just the amount of various disciplines again i can't think of any other entertainer that has done so many different things and done them all well Sinatra, maybe but that's like but yeah i mean sinatra never had i don't think he ever had a sitcom or anything like that i think will might come closest but sammy all right sammy davis there you go there you go. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy when you think about all of that. And now The Equalizer is one of the most popular shows on television. I mean, four years ago, if you had told me Queen Latifah would have been the lead character yeah. in The Equalizer. <laughs> and to be transparent, I have not watched right. the show because I just don't watch a lot of network TV right. these days. I saw a movie with Denzel. Mm-hmm. The original series was before my time, so that's my framework right. of it. See, that's I where have, our age yeah. difference comes into play because it was not before my time. <laughs> yeah, I would not have pegged her. At, and I wonder what that casting call right. looks like. Somebody, some agent was on the ball and was like, who would be cool to throw their hat and ring for this? But Latifah has always had that like bad chick energy. Yeah. And also like Latifah's a big, like not even in terms of her weight. Latifah's tall, and and right, yeah, she yeah all of that, and she can hoop. <laughs> it's crazy. She was also in not love. Was it loving basketball or what's the other? No, she was in Just Right with Common. What was the one where she ended up making out with most deaf? Brown sugar. Brown sugar. Right. <laughs> I forgot that she was in brown sugar, but yeah, she is certainly capable of being like an action hero type of person. And I think either her dad or her brother was a cop. Like you can picture her as a cop. Yeah. Yeah. Dad. So it's like, okay, she could take those tools and put them in a row where she's kind of like a badass police officer. And obviously with LL and uh, NCIS or CSI, or whatever the hell the show is, he kind of set a precedent right. with rapper playing a cop or ice T. No ice T. Right. Yeah. But there's yeah. a whole hip hop cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not really a stretch. I'm pretty sure she's happy to get a regular check every week. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that big three network royalty money is nothing to sneeze at. And then you hit syndication and those checks come in forever. I mean, look, she's probably still getting living single money. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Is it streaming? They're getting residuals. So I just from a business standpoint kudos to her for just being able to expand the damn yeah, thing. and do all of these things and just own her shit and be a boss yeah so what day is her actual birthday march 18th right so this should be dropping right. we are very well in front of, of her birthday <laughs> but happy yeah. birthday and also I, challenging traditional ideas of beauty for right. being a plus-size woman body inclusivity right. yeah being a plus-size woman and being in all of these makeup and fashion commercials being able to rock gowns while also yeah. you can see queen latifah in a gown you can see queen latifah in a hoodie and like sneakers right either one of those is equally plausible yeah well in the afrocentric right. gear that she when she right. first came out just being fashion forward in general. I don't know that I would say she was a trendsetter, but she was always fashion yeah. forward. Yep. So she has done so much. It's in retrospect now. I'm like, wow, she has done so much barrier breaking. Uh, I, I really think like she needs more than just that one lifetime achievement award. Right. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, what do you think about the way she finally came out? Everybody can do right. it in their own way. I'm not asking that from a, like, let's critique it. 
But I guess I'm asking more from a, it wasn't a big yeah. announcement. It wasn't a big to do. It was like, by the right. way, this is my and part. I think I, that part of it is dope. Yeah. I don't think every coming out announcement needs a press release. I don't think right. it needs to be an interview. I think you can just be like, hey, this is who I am. Like, whatever. It was super low key. And for those who don't know, it was at the end of her Lifetime Achievement speech at the BET Awards. She thanked her partner. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, she goes, happy pride. So happy yeah. pride. Yeah. And I think with her specifically, because there had been so much speculation, right, she could have milked that right. a lot of different right. ways. There could have been a whole press and, tour. You know, yeah. Right. And props to her, because it's also protecting yep. her partner, right? Like, she didn't sign yep. up for that. I signed up to date you. I didn't sign up to be a poster child or do this press junket right. Right. <laughs> media tour, right. right? It's really funny. Like, I am clearly no Queen Latifah. I might be 0.0001% of Queen Latifah. But I actually <laughs> had somebody tell me yesterday that they would have reservations about dating me because I am so public. Yeah. Really? So being the partner of somebody who on whatever scale is a public figure, whether they're Queen Latifah or whether they host a couple podcasts. You got to think about the fact that these people have their own lives and that they don't necessarily sign up to be, they sign up to be with you, not on the train that you're on. So I think she handled that in a super authentic way where it's just like, I'm not doing this for the headlines. I'm not doing this for the money. Maybe I'm just doing this to like get right with myself or to acknowledge somebody who is an important part of my life. So I think she handled it well. Do you think we as a culture have moved beyond the need to, like, I think at one point in time, the media, and by this I mean the journalist, would have felt like they were owed some sort of acknowledgement because of all the speculation, right? Do you think we're beyond that at this point, or... Do you think she's an exception? I think she's an exception. I don't think we're beyond that. Yeah. I think for a lot of the media, coming out is not a huge deal in the media anymore unless there's something salacious about, about it. it. Right. Yeah. Because it's like the George right. Michael, right? Right. The way that right. happened. Because ultimately um, they're looking for the drama. Right. Well, I'm also looking at like and Harry Styles. Mm-hmm who I don't follow that closely, but I know that he's been able to dance around. Like I'm not answering any questions that are none of y'all business. Which I mean, (laughs) look, George Michael did that for a long period of time too. And I think the cultural conversation has changed to a level that unless it was someone who was super, super straight. Right, right. If Tom Cruise ever comes out. Are people still doing that? (laughs) If Tom Cruise ever comes out, like a major country singer or a major male rapper. Although, again, with Tyler and Jaden Smith, it's not a big deal. And that's the thing with them. That's either really super cool or really super disrespectful, and we don't know. Right, right. (laughs) It would have to be somebody who is sort of like a bastion of heteronormativity. Uh, Or they would have to get caught in some fucked up way. It would have to be an anti-gay politician. Right. Which yeah, happens. all the time. All the time. <laughs> but yeah, I think in 2023, being queer, it's a very big deal. But I think to the majority of the public, thanks to social media, I think in a lot of cases, we're all in contact with somebody who is not straight. Well, well okay. So that's an, another part of this question, because you and I live in New York right. City, right? And... We walk down the street and seeing out couples is no big deal. Do you think, for example, the Queen Latifah announcement, for us, it was like, okay, cool, right. keep it moving. Was that a bigger deal in the Bible Belt in Middle America that we just are not in those circles? I mean, maybe I'm not in Middle America and I don't really know that many people in Middle America. And the people that I do know that are in Middle America are very progressive people. So, Uh, I I can't say that I know whether that would be an issue or not. I mean, I'm thinking of this from a standpoint of, yeah, there's legal battles over trans bathroom Mm -hmm. stuff still happening right now. So if that's still a very public conversation, 
can people come out and it not be a big deal? Like, yeah, I want to come do a tour in your city. Where am I going to be able to right. take a piss? Well, to that, I would say that gender issues and sexuality issues, even though they're often conflated, are Fair. two very, very different things. That's true. I think that society has it certainly progressed from when I was in my early 20s and trying to figure myself out. I, I see friends of mine that live, some even in the Bible Belt, that have children mm-hmm. who are owning their gender and or their sexuality in ways that I could not have imagined when I was a young person. Right. So there has been progress made. Speaking to Latifa particularly, do I think that if some of her fans in the Bible Belt, you know, who might be like extra crispy Christian, if they found out that she was queer or if they knew she was queer, would they stop watching her show? Maybe, but they're not burning her CDs. Well, they don't have CDs to burn. burn. (laughs) There's not this huge public outcry. Right. And I think that also kind of comes with the fact that people have kind of made this assumption now for 25, 30 years. So when she finally does admit it, it's kind of like, oh, well, we're not super surprised. Right. So I think yeah. there's a, a lot That's of fair. things that fall into that. Whereas, again, it's really hard for me to think of somebody who is like a bastion of heterosexual. If Idris Elba was to be like, I'm gay. Right. I don't even know if there would be much of an outcry there. It's hard for me to think of somebody who it would have to be an athlete or a politician. Mm. Have we had openly gay athletes in every major sport? I know there's one football player. Not in boxing, I don't think. Um, And I don't know if there are any openly queer baseball players. Okay. Yeah. If LeBron came out, people would be like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's interesting to me because, like, the metrosexual thing always sparks speculation, fairly or unfairly. Again, taking it back to my own personal life, I had Christmas dinner with my folks. And uh, I wear nail polish on occasion, kind of just started doing that. And my aunt's like, why are you wearing nail polish? I was like, why not? And then like, I changed my, my answer. And I was like, I have a lot of straight male friends who wear nail polish. And I was like, if these dudes are comfortable walking out in public with their nails painted, what the hell is my problem? And she was like, well, I've always thought that if you have nail polish on, it means you're gay. And I'm like, that's not the case. And then the conversation went to men wearing skirts and she brought up Russell Westbrook and she's like, I've always thought he was a little gay. And I'm like, if you want to wear a skirt, your fashion choices say nothing about your sexuality. Maybe right. he's comfortable in a skirt. Like, I'm queer as fucking. I don't want to wear a skirt. What does that necessarily mean? And has this particular act been, like, historically homophobic? I don't think she's homophobic. I think she's ignorant. And I don't say that in a completely yeah. negative way. I just don't think she is around people who challenge her belief system very often. Right. And when you're not around people who challenge your belief system, you don't get to evolve. You don't get to grow. So straight dudes can polish their nails. Straight dudes can wear skirts. I don't know Russell's life. I don't know what he's doing in his free time. But Russell gives off the impression of being a straight guy who just is really invested in fashion and likes wearing shit that's comfortable for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, Aesop Rocky did that uh, commercial with Iggy Pop and Tyler for some fashion brand. But again, Iggy and Tyler are somewhere in between. Right. We don't know for sure. Right. And if Rocky came out tomorrow and was like, yeah, I got this thing with Rihanna, but also... We're in a thruple with another dude. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think culture has come to a point where, obviously, it's not where it should be. But I do think that there's a lot more nuance. I keep going back to the word nuance, a lot more nuance in the way that we look at things like masculinity and femininity and sexuality and gender and all of that stuff. Or maybe I'm just speaking from my East Coast liberal. Coastal elite. Shout out to Diallo Jackson and hashtag coastal elite. Yeah. Maybe if I go to Oklahoma (laughs) or or Arkansas, shit would be, well, I mean, shit would clearly be a lot different. Right. But uh, I do think all over the country, there are changing attitudes think maybe we're just a little bit ahead That's of that good game thing. yeah well we've gone all around the world <laughs> indeed <once> again. indeed <laughs> see the type of conversations that just dana owens can engender yeah and if you want to give us a starting point to see where we go 
Because we will clearly <laughs> talk about anything. Yeah. Shoot us an email. Journeyintosound at gmail.com. That's journey, the letter in the number two at gmail.com. Any final thoughts on Queen Latifah? And- There's a song on Black Rain called Rough, and it's her, KRS-One, Tretch, and Heavy D, May He Rest in Peace. And mm-hmm. that yeah. is such a dope record. Like, real hardcore boom bap hip-hop. Um, yeah. When Posse cuts, it feels like there's got to be somebody who who just kind of like holds down the middle. And then there's yeah. always one person who just like flips out. For me, that's KRS. Shout out. On this one. But shout out to all of those MCs. And I don't think Latifah gets enough credit as a spitter, as like an actual rapper. I also don't think Tretch gets enough credit as just yeah. a fucking A-plus level MC. So if you're a real hip-hop head and you missed that track when it came out, go back and check it out. Yeah. We forgot to talk about her beef with Foxy Brown. Yeah. Although that was like a blip. Yeah, that was a blip. <laughs> Foxy can't hold Queen Latifah's jockstrap. So. Yeah. Well, and because Lauren was on that original name calling record. Was she? Lauren Hill was? Uncredited. I'm pretty sure that okay. was her. It sounds like her voice, which would also Newark. make sense with the yeah, newer connection. connection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But underappreciated Lauren right. track, if that's right. the case. Somebody can email me and tell right. me I'm wrong and it's somebody else, but. There is a guest MC, and this sounds well, a lot like Lauren Hill, and they are uncredited. Right. That's funny. But yeah, Foxy came out sideways, as she often did at the time. And right. I mean, she had beef with anybody else. Any other female rapper yeah. was out. She was... Yeah. yeah. And again, talk about Latifah kind of hinting at at her queerness. Like, there's a line, I don't remember if it's in Name Calling Part 2, where she's like, get off my tits and tell your bitch to come here. <laughs> and i was like okay right but yeah man i blip on the radar screen at that point latifah was probably just like brush your shoulders off like yeah and they eventually squashed right. it foxy came onto her show and they did a performance oh, really? or whatever so yeah. good for them <laughs> yes i would love to see latifah and missy do something together that'd be dope that'd be dope yeah I mean, there is a whole lineage of underappreciated female MCs. But even if you look at the people who are at the top of the food chain, historically, yeah. still don't get the props they deserve, whether that's Latifah or Missy or Lauren, yeah. although there's a whole bunch of other reasons behind that. Right. Or Tupac and Biggie being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Salt and Pepper not being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's a whole lineage of women in hip hop from a skill set point, from a record making point, not being as respected. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I would love to see a Salt and Pepper, Light Latifah, Missy, Lauren Hill. The yeah, tour. Yeah. That should yeah. be a tour. Do it for charity or something like that, or an equal rights yeah. organization, and just put it down. I mean, is the Hip Hop Lilith Fair. Well, I think Latifah was on like the actual Lilith Fair. But also, is Queen Latifah interested in making records or doing music anymore? Yeah. Like when it's not your first, second, third, or fourth biggest source of income anymore, maybe just she's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, all right. Thank you for yes, tuning indeed. in. And we'll be back in a month from now. Something With another like that. topic. With another yeah. episode. <laughs>